0: And welcome to Two Guys in a Podcast, Episode Two. Today's guest is Josh Hartness. We know him as Champ. Uh, you know him, you love him. So um, it's just uh, welcome him to the show. Uh, before we do that, though, Ish has a statement here he'd like to read concerning a tragedy that took place about a week ago in Tuscaloosa. So um, if you will, just stand by and let him have this moment.
1: Guys, last week we had a tragedy in Alabama. A member of the law enforcement community laid down his life in service of his community. He was shot and killed while serving a warrant on a warranted criminal. Mm -hmm. Investigator Dornell Corsett was a 13-year veteran of the Tuscaloosa Police Department. Prior to that, he served served this great country in in the Army. We would like to observe a moment of silence to honor Investigator Corsett. All right. such a tragedy, guys. It's, it's hardly any member of the law enforcement community, anybody loses their life. But for a public servant like that to lay down his life over nonsense like that, it's, it's terrible. Well,
0: the most dangerous things that a lot of officers do are serve warrants. That's when uh, um, a lot of injuries and deaths take place. Um, I don't know where it ranks against domestic violence calls. Those are also extremely dangerous. But uh, we just need to keep this in mind uh, when we're thinking of these folks or dealing with them, the kind of pressures they're under, the kind of danger that they deal with. Uh, you know, they, it may be in your town just a guy that you know who's working in law enforcement or a lady, and um, you never know when they may go on a call. This seems like it's nothing, and then it ends up being a, a really bad situation. Um, and I'll throw in there are, are guys working in the prisons and the jails. Uh, keep them in your thoughts, too, because they're – they they never know when they open that cell door what might be coming out on them. So um, let's just let's just try to hold these folks up and, and, and try to understand a little bit about what they're going through daily. I'm also- All right. Josh, Champ. What's up, guys? Can we just call you Champ? Yeah, you can come wherever you want to, man. Man, I hear you. We will.
2: Well, I know you uh, will. We are glad to have you here today, buddy. We really appreciate it. Man, I'm honored to be the first guest on this thing, man. <laughs> Absolutely. We get this thing kicked off <laughs> in the right way, huh? You well, know? we're going to get kicked off in you know, the right <laughs> way. I don't know for sure.
0: Um, but uh, what's been going on with you guys?
1: Just keeping busy, man. Work, work, work. You still working seven days a week? Seven days a week. Oh, man. You seven be... days a week, man. Wow. Fifteen days straight right now. Fifteen days. Still looking at another fifteen before I may have an off day. That's excellent. I admire your commitment. You're there when you need it. That's part of it. I've been working
0: a good bit myself. I've got, I've got a little down to between 60 and 70 hours a week, though. So, it's you know, I'm not pulling quite the load you are. But, um, you know, you do what you got to do. A lot, a lot of folks, um, they, um, uh, well, I guess we all kind of get down sometimes and, and we don't like our jobs. Most people, it seems, I think a, a survey show that uh, I think something like 56 to 60% of people say they're unhappy at their jobs. Yeah. But uh, I think the thing about it is sometimes you, you have to, your happiness is fleeting. It comes and it goes. You know, when you have responsibilities and commitments, you have to just buckle down and hang on and, and keep persevering. And, and then meanwhile, while you are doing that? Look for something else. Look for something you like, find some way to have an outlet. But, um, you know, it's, don't let it get you down. Don't right. let it beat you. I'm one of crazy people. like my job. I love what I do. Well, you know, you probably—I would agree—you are one of those crazy people. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. But you know, and that's great. And I'm going to tell you, man, when you love what you do, there's nothing better. No, wow, that's exactly there's right. Nothing better. But you know, anybody who's not happy, I would—I would encourage them. Look for something else, but don't let it dominate your life because right. it is a job. It's a way that you're trying to support your family, right. Right. and just keep seeking to do better. Um, don't don't let it stress you out to the point that you just keep drinking mm-hmm. and start making bad decisions. Um, so keep drinking. When do we stop? Yeah.
2: Well, I'm I, I'm trying to say don't be like us. Right. <laughs> you got You got take that old, old approach that I take. I work to live, not live to work. Right. I've always been that way.
1: Absolutely. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, I've got 14 years left, 13 and a half years left where I get my 25 and retire. And I said, you know what? I'll probably work until all my kids are out of school. And and this person made sense. He's like, why You've put 25 years of your life into this. Go enjoy life a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: there's a lot to life. There's a lot to life. And I, I think um, exploring, trying to figure out who you are. How you can contribute to um, to make it a better better society, a better community, how you can contribute to your family, to yourself, develop yourself. I, I think until the day we
1: die, we need to be learning, we need to be pushing We need to be trying to be better exactly. So. You know we're not putting life just to be mediocre and' as another another conversation I had you know I, I'm a very goal career oriented person. When I set a goal I like to achieve it and I don't like backing down from it. Like, to get where, you know, to, to make a lieutenant, I worked 11 and a half years to get to this point in my career. It's a long time to work work for something to just say, okay, I'm going to give it up. How many how many times did you think, okay, I'm, I'm done, time to move on? Right. I, you know, I put in the lieutenant through, you know, three administrations, and finally Sheriff Smith promoted me. But, you know, uh, Sheriff Tyree and Sheriff Underwood, you know, it's just like, you know, maybe the good old boy system
2: the good old system. And we've heard about that or our thing. whole career. It's out there. That's a, That ain't just in careers, man. That's just living in the That's everything. That's and that's not just yeah. Walker
1: County. I'm not saying it's just Walker County, Alabama, but it's everywhere. Oh, if, yeah. if you know somebody, you get somewhere. And we don't have that anymore that I feel. Under this administration, this is it's
2: breath of fresh air for us. Well, well, and then they let Jason come back, so that's... that's, that's, I,
0: that's <laughs> there, I don't like. know if that was a breath of fresh air or a <laughs> prayer of desperation. <laughs>
2: I mean, the minute that I saw you, I was like, hey, they're, they're in trouble down there. Yeah, if they let this guy come back, yeah. what will they do? When you told, when you told me, you said, uh, Ish called me, begged me, you know, over <laughs> and over again. They leave me so bad. I thought something's wrong me Yeah, and think somebody to laugh at. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you, like when you, you know, called me over and over again about coming to the podcast and begging me, I thought, ah, oh, I don't a bomb, man. Man, we, we needed
0: you,
2: yeah, man. We need to start off right. Well, I told him text Ish, and I said, me and you is one thing. I said, you want to bring Jason into it. I, I thought about charging <laughs> you guys, but I thought, I'm giving the first one, you know, on my house. Well, so um, how you been, bud? I've been good, man. Just working a lot. Uh, trying to stay busy. Trying to find new hobbies. Unsuccessfully. Well, what are your own hobbies? Well, drinking beer mostly. Um, <laughs> which that's still a hobby that we that I have. But I don't know. You know, with Henry, I'm trying to find things that we can do together. But right, right. How is Mister Henry? He's good, man. Growing like a weed. He's like he's a wild child. He's <laughs> a, he's something else. Yeah, there ain't no doubt about he's that. Good kid though. Yeah, he's a he's a little wild. He's all boy. Oh. Uh, we'll start soccer. He's got to start first soccer game come tomorrow. Oh. I'm okay. coaching, so Fantastic. see how that goes. Coached yeah, practice has not went super well for him. He's been sitting there basically crying the whole time because I won't let him play in the dirt. But great, great. Well, well so, that's how kids are, man. Well, you know, sometimes I told him I said, "We signed you up for it. I've committed to coach. You've committed to play on this team. So guess what? You might not realize it yet, but we're riding it out, bud. That's right. When I mean, you sign up for it, we just go. We, we gotta continue on the path. And that's something we gotta teach
1: our kids. If you if you make a commitment to something, you fall through with it no matter what. Anytime I haven't, I
0: regret it, and you're exactly right. Well, you know, there's something else I think we all three have in common, and I'm just going to go ahead and lay it out here on the table because um, I, I think it's something that, uh, that that needs to be discussed. Um, we're all three uh, at one time or another, and presently, somewhat fans of professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, What do you guys think about the present day State of professional wrestling Because we're we're kind of all three from different eras Mm -hmm. Um, But what what do you
2: guys think about where it's at right now Well I don't watch it right now anymore It lost my interest I just really can't get into it For my money It's the Attitude Era Yeah, Attitude
1: Era definitely Steve Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels uh, D-Generation X The Undertaker When Kane got introduced in 98 I mean you can't get a better era of wrestling than that. Well, and that's where I'm going to differ, because
0: I'm going to take it back to the '80s. Wow! And then I was a WCW guy, so I'm I'm like four horsemen all the way. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm I'm sold out on four horsemen. You know, I like line. that. I like yeah. that a lot. You know, you got Arn Anderson, you got Tully Blanchard, um, the Nature Boy. What can you say? It's um, what 16 time world champion. Still doing it.
1: Still doing it, it still, today, still
0: styled. You know, he, he he
1: looked rough on sports the other day on my game day. He looks he looks rough about every time I see right. him. Well, I think he's nearly behind. in the past few years. He's
0: nearly died several times.
1: <laughs> it's the alcohol, man. It's the
0: alcohol. He really lives this. Cool. I watched this thing on Sports mm-hmm. uh, No, I'm sorry, ESPN. And the dude just made. He made a commitment. He said, "You know what? I'm not going to just play this role. I'm going to be that role." Yeah. Rough.
2: So but if you um, watch the documentary that the WWF made. It goes in detail. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, about, he would they'd pick him up at the airport and he would go ahead and tell the limousine driver, you better get ready. We got a weekend coming. Yeah. And he
1: would just basically <laughs> keep
0: the guy out the whole weekend. I think he did it. I parted so hard one weekend that the limousine driver had a
1: heart attack.
0: Or
2: driver had a heart mm-hmm. attack. Wow. Yeah. You can sign me up for that. <laughs> I, would, I would drive everywhere really well around Everywhere, I go. If you, if you land in Jasper, I'll go, I know where we're going. I can show you around. about it. We're gonna have a good time, Mr. Flair. This yeah. Flair we are gonna have. we'll show good. you the final points of this county. We're going to hit <laughs> is, uh,
1: you know, if you watched <laughs> any kind of wrestling now, his daughter's wrestling.
2: mm mm-hmm.
1: And she is good looking. You know, she has a very um. Uh, she's very athletic.
0: Um. You know, I. Know. <laughs> she has almost kind of a.
1: She's, a, she's attractive. I don't care she, she's
0: She's good looking, but she has. I, I, she's kind of got a manly face.
2: A manly man. face. Yeah, she's kind got of a of a, face. kind of a, a manly, muscular build. But let's, not all sit, let's not all sit around here and act like we wouldn't court her just to say, hey, you know who her dad is? I mean, <laughs> just to right. get close to the Nature Boy? I, I can tell you how many times I've told Garrett that. I've told him. I said, you can see, because he says the same thing. He said, she's not very attractive. I said, I could care less. I find I'm her attractive. I, I think she is attractive. I'll go on. With Which that.
1: I think Hulk Hogan's daughter is attractive. You know, I haven't seen her in a long time. I think she's attractive. I thought at one time she was getting into wrestling, but I've never seen anything she's done. Some of them get in and out. You know, Ric Flair's son David got in for yeah. a few years and then he was out. Yeah.
2: Um, but I think that's why Charlotte started doing it was because when uh, exactly. when her brother died, that, he was still that was his dream. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's easier for a female to break in now. Cause you got it's male, it's so male driven the talent is all on the mill side uh, so well they've made a lot of breakthroughs just in the past two years mm-hmm. with this um,
0: you know with, uh, with the female wrestlers in the WWE they they just keep kind of they take they their technique and the performance is becoming on par with the men
2: yeah they've got great personalities it's, you know so I I think it's really catching up well you know when they went to the divas mm-hmm. and they started calling them divas instead of yeah. You know, just wrestlers that hurt the the female wrestler in a lot of ways. I think I think it
0: did too. It was I think hard it to come back from that. Yeah, I think it objectified them in a way. And these these guys, I mean, I know we everybody makes fun. It's like, oh, well, wrestling, you know, man, this and that. But they are incredible athletes, and you, there is no way you can do those moves. I don't care if the ring is padded. I don't care what you got. It hurts.
2: I mean, we used to, in, oh, yeah. in the gym. And, in a boxing and, ring. Yeah, was oh, it yeah. a boxing yeah, ring. A we used to get down and mix it up. Me and Garrett were like uh, flirting steamboat in there. Fleur, and every time know. we got around each other, it was collar elbow tie-ups. And and me and him was taking to the mat. Chops to the oh, chest. that were, we're real. doing chops. Right. we doing it all. Well,
1: Have either of y'all ever met any, any professional wrestlers, hung out with them?
0: No, no. I, I can say that, um, not to my recollection,
1: I don't think I have. I don't think sure, I. have. with, with that business, I had the opportunity to meet, you know, quite a few. You know, I've met Steve Austin, Undertaker, Kane, uh, Hawk and Animal before. Uh, oh wow. Hawk passed away. Animal still living. Animals still living. Uh, Those were really the greats. Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Uh, Mark Merlin's Sable, which yes. Sable at the time that was it was, it was the big diva. Yeah, she was the diva at that time. And Sable. the Rock. Let me tell you, the Rock is the most personal person that' ever meet in in life. I've heard that from He is fantastic. I think that's why he has
2: so much success that he's gotten now doing he is, the he, just, he's that guy. He's he, a he,
1: legitimate good guy and he cares about the people that are just for him. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it serves him well.
0: And I think he he, he seems to have a lot of gratitude for where he's at, for yeah. where he's gotten. And the guy is insane as far as his work ethic and his drive. Mm-hmm. He is not satisfied. just like with the movies, he's not satisfied just to just make movies and make some money. He wants to be the best, the biggest.
2: It's he's always making like two or three at a time, yes. gets up four o'clock every morning to work out, hits the set, does it. He's always flying back and forth. His commitment is just crazy. It's it's, it's just a killer, killer work ethic. And it's, I'll be honest with you, it inspires me. Well, you know, he, he's got that whole thing. What is it? Nine Bucks Production is a production company because... Yeah. You know, he had $9 in his pocket. That's right. Uh,
0: that's that was, right. That was his when he, when he When he left this, the Canadian
2: Football League mm-hmm. and came back, he had
0: $9 in his pocket. His dad had to come pick him up in yeah. the old pickup truck. You know, that that's real stuff. That's not wealth. That's not privilege. Yeah. That's just, that's just hey, that's, that's, that's a guy from
2: Piney Woods who's got $9 in his pocket. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard Jim Ross talk about when he met the Rock trying to sign him to a contract. He said, we, we sat down and had lunch. And he said, at the end... The Rock said, Mr. Ross, I'd love to pay for your lunch. I'd really love to do that but I just don't have the money. I want to do it but I just can't, you know. And Jim Ross said that was one of the main reasons that he pushed so hard for him. Mm-hmm. He said, because I knew he meant it. Because what kind of person is going to say that? Right. Why would he not just keep his mouth shut and let me pay for it, right? Exactly. And he's going to he's gonna bring attention to the fact that I just don't have the money to do it but I really would like to. Right. I think manners yeah. go a long way, man.
1: Well, he tucked his pride under his nutsack and just went along with it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Um well, since we're talking about it, we brought up Rip Flair and we talked about the Rock, you know,
1: and and you know, you've met some of these folks firsthand, which I, I I'm sure was incredible every time. As a kid, meeting these folks, it was something else. I was oh, probably 13, 14 years old, and that's in the heyday of the Attitude Era. Yeah, that's when it was just the best time of wrestling, in my opinion. So it was it was fantastic. The smile on my face—I've got pictures. The smile on my face is unreal. Wow, wow. Well, who do you think uh,
0: would? Would you say this, this this guy is the greatest? Who would you call
1: him? You know, it's hard. When I was younger, you know, five, six, seven, uh, Undertaker was the guy. I mean, I loved watching Undertaker. He was different than everything else going on at the time. Uh, but as I got a little older, Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, probably the greatest of all time, in my opinion, The Rock or Steve Austin. Okay. I think that, for me, I but I mean, just, then you got—I mean, you gotta think you got people like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. So Hulk Hogan's in that conversation.
0: I was about to say, Hogan, Hogan changed the game, man. right? He did. He changed the whole thing. And I remember watching it in the, like '84, '85, and um, he had Cindy Lauper kind of playing around with it, mm-hmm. and she was uh, kind of buddied up with Lou Albano, and you know her songs were new on the radio. She was very popular, very hip, and. Um, you know, they kind of got that 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 rock and roll and wrestling thing going. And Roddy Piper, who's my all-time favorite, oh, yeah. was, the, you know, the um, Rowdy Roddy Piper was just fantastic. He played the villain. And then the first WrestleMania, of course, you have uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton, who your brother has met. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took on a tag team match Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And what Mr. doesn't T. say the 80s any better than Mr. T? Being in any kind
1: of mister T is a good guy. I've heard that. I've heard he's a great guy. He's a great guy, legitimately cares about people. Yeah. And worked very hard to get where he's at. Yes, he did. Worked very hard. I mean, he spends his life, you know, pitying the fool. He yeah. pities the, the fool.
0: fool. He pities and he goes on pitying yeah, the fool. I will pity the fool. You know, I mean, person named Mr.
1: Middle name apostrophe, <laughs> last name and T. He he, he, he don't <laughs> like people <for> calling him <laughs> Mr. T. I mean, he you, you show you show a man respect, you address him as Mr.
0: So if I go up to him and I put my fist on him and say, come on, Cubber Lane. Come on, right. Cubber Lane. I'm going to take you down. I'm going to take you down, right. Apollo. Get out of here, old man. You know, he, he,
1: <laughs> that's what he He was you know, he was it Oh,
0: yeah. He was very, yeah. That's true. That's true. And then make sure you have a sleeping pill in the in the hamburger when you find a helicopter. Right. Hey, he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't
2: showing Rocky no manners when he was talking to him. No man. Tell your girl to come to my hotel. My show a real man. He goes, you want it, you got it.
0: And Mickey's like, get out of here. You're gonna get out of here. Shut up, old man. Shut up. <laughs> you can't out. make that it's up. That's wonderful. The
2: they did make it up. They wrote it. Really because it disrespect everybody. That's the best. That's the best
1: thing. Just
0: shows up at a ceremony. You know, I've been to Philadelphia, where to the um, museum where that statue is, yeah. and just kind of did a slow jog up the steps. You know, me like and some buddies of mine went up there. You mean you walked up the steps? What do you mean? I walked up, well, the, yeah, steps, walked up the steps. Basically, yeah. yeah I assume that's
1: in your younger years.
0: I was twenty three. We went right. up the East Coast, about five of us, and just crashed at people's places that we knew. Went, uh, of course, Philadelphia, New York, uh, Boston, which was my favorite city. Boy, of time.
1: New York's shit, on. I don't like Boston either.
0: You know, I like the part of Boston I saw. I liked, uh, no, I don't you like know, it. and New York. New York at that time, yeah. I think this is nineteen ninety eight. Right. It impressed me just with the energy. It was like its own country. I mean, it was just unbelievable, and I had never—I'd been around people from different nations and different kinds, but never that much. And it was just—it um, it was a real eye opener, a real education. You found yourself in the middle of the true melting pot. I mean, that's where it is, right there. Absolutely, it, it, I think it's just, it's, its a great—it's uh, a great history lesson mm-hmm. to who we really are. You know, people funneling into that one spot from everywhere to get to get a piece of the American dream. But um, anyway, back to wrestling. Right. That's where, we keep on bouncing around. I, Jesus, we got to get back. I can I, I cannot quit talking about it. You know, this is. Um, but and you wouldn't think that. Looking at you, would think wrestling fan. No, not that guy. But um, you know, I, I'm really. I try to watch it now. And It is just really boring. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just that I, you know, fuck. Well, I've seen some really great ones. I've seen some good. This, stuff. you know, which I was a WCW guy back during the Attitude Era. I you because know, they, had, they had the old timers I grew up watching yeah well, but, the time of the brand wars I mean the time know, of the each other could it could, could it get any better than those two brand wars Nitro versus Raw I mean you had great great wrestlers on each side great performers and 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 they were competing with each other and then you had the invasion you know and then you had ECW coming in which those guys were absolutely insane <laughs> they were killing each other crippling each other and here they
2: come. You know, it's a wonder, you know, a guy like Mick Foley, that isn't where he ended up at. He seemed like he would have been perfect for the ECW brand. I think he was doing so well in the WWE.
0: Speaking of Mick Foley, you got a story to tell about that.
1: Yeah, you know, last weekend when we shot the first podcast, I go home that night. and I'm flipping through Facebook, and my dad, he's been traveling, doing, uh, like, Comic-Con events. Yeah, conventions. Well, there's a picture. Him and Mick Foley hanging out together all weekend. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm like, that's great. I'm working, and he's out hanging out with Mick Foley. But you got to do the podcast for me, right? We got to do the you podcast. Know, I'm, I'm no Mick Foley. Years, grant you. Years back, when Dad was working with the WWF, I WWE now, but I've actually got a socko somewhere that Mick Foley took off his foot, drew a face on, and gave to Dad. You know, autograph to me.
2: Yeah. But it's well, you know, that's, that's what fantastic. Him, what, what Mick does now, I'm pretty sure he just he brought the books. Right? Yeah. and then travels around he comes to Birmingham usually two or three times a year yeah. yeah, and does it's not a comedy show but it's all very comical he just sits there and basically tells stories about the WWF he's a from what I understand he's a great family man and just a good good guy the kind of guy you want
1: to have as a friend yeah just a good fella who's, who's given literally given his body yeah. he should have been crippled or died a few times oh, when, he, when they when Undertaker threw him off the top of the hell in a cell oh man I said he's, he's dead dude yeah yeah,
0: I, I've seen the interview on
1: that, and he, he, he tells him, "Hey, throw me through the top." And those just are, you, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, man. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to give the people the best of everything he could give them. Well, I
2: think I think he used to I think he's to credit for. It's not. It still kind of goes on nowadays, but it definitely used to when the Jackass crew was getting together and they were doing all that. I mean, you can put that right back to McFoley. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, all those guys have made a living off of doing that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you
0: can. I think you can. And I think it, I there, I think you can, uh, ECW can credit some of their stuff to Mick Foley. I think he took it to another level. Yeah. And, um, you know, the guy just gave so much.
2: I mean, he also had how many? Five personas? Four? Yeah, I do love Cactus Jack uh, Cactus Jack man, Mankind. 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 I mean, you never know who you'll get I remember there was a Royal Rumble where he came out as every single one of them yes. He'd come out get you know, eliminated and then go back in the back and change and come back out as a different guy That's right you just, That's that's just great man. I been, I've been, I, I, I can see you being a dude love guy He comes out wearing the tie-dye wrap the glasses <laughs> you know very, very free and he's got that that little whimsical feel to him, That seems like somebody you'd get down with, Jason. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm a total Lebowski fan, man. The dude abides. The dude abides. Man, you're not the only one, man. Speaking of great movies, that's <laughs> one right there. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm telling you. So that's it that you're wearing a uh, your Jaws
0: t-shirt. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep wearing this shirt until um, Ish watches the movie. Uh, we, we talked about that last Sunday, and and, and I'm a, an unusually big fan of the movie Jaws. Um, and Ash uh, said, "Well, you know, it's, it's, it is quite unusual." But he he committed that that he will watch the movie because
2: I told him I said, I've never seen it. It's a work of art. It is total cinematic artwork. I mean, I enjoy it, but I'm quite a bit younger than you are, so uh, I probably don't enjoy it as much as you do. Thanks dude. for pointing that out, brother. I mean, the people can't see what you know it's a little <laughs> bit of gray in your beard here, but
0: well, I just think the guys who are playing it. You know, and I've watched the documentaries on it, read about it. Uh, the guys who were who were playing the different roles, Drost, um, to name a couple, were just perfect for those roles. It was almost like they were just playing themselves. And and I, and I always I love the great speech about the Indianapolis. And I just just I just love the movie. And it, yeah, I guess in a way it does take me back to my childhood. I'm sure it does. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, he's t- he's
1: promised me he will watch it. We're I'm going to watch it this week, and we'll talk about it next yeah. week. He's going to borrow my copy of the DVD.
2: Look, that right there, you are getting a steal, really. But you know it's got some commentary on it. You get the bonus commentary. Oh, you get the bonus commentary. The DVD extras on that thing have got to be out of this world. It's, um, so you're going to get a feeling totally different than the right, first time right. that Jason watched it. Just on the big screen watching it,
1: you just might have,
2: amazed. When Jason watched it originally,
1: he's like, holy shit, I can't go to the beach anymore because this shark's going to eat mine. My
0: family would be walking along the water, and I would be way up the beach. It's like, no way. I, you know what? I, 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 at six years old, I was like, I may, I may die this way or that way. It's not going to be getting eaten by a shark, I can tell you that.
2: You know, I still don't enjoy getting in the, the ocean water. Just, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm, not, that, I'm not a strong swimmer, though. You, so might up, now. Now you might end up with the flesh-eating virus. You know, a good friend of my, <laughs> a, a, a good friend. And there's nothing to laugh at, but it's a real deal. A, deal. deal. a good friend of ours, Tim Brand, you know. You know, he, we, get, did he get he get punching No, we were we were down at the beach. And now he gets in the ocean and he gets stung by a jellyfish. Oh my. Tim, I can imagine. I mean, ate him up, and I'm right beside ate him. Ate him up. I mean, just on him. But I'm right beside him. it doesn't come to me, and of course, y'all know me. I'm, I'm a good guy. I don't just want to say that, but I told him. I said, Tim, get out. <laughs> you're known. You. You're known as a good guy. Let <laughs> me piss on you. It'll go away. Did you and, Did you tell him that? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Did he allow? He wouldn't would let me do it, but well.
1: I'm afraid I'd have to make piss on me just so I get that sting off. I'm telling you, Matt, I've never been stung by a jellyfish, but I've if, heard it is terrible. If
0: yeah. I was in the ocean and anything touched me, you would—I would have to worry about anybody else peeing on me because I'm going to pee all over myself. I—I yeah. I can tell you right now, uh, first thing I'm going to assume is a bull shark has got me. It's going to try to pull me out into, into, into the deep end. You're going to be the guy that's standing in, in waist deep, deep water, waist deep water. Yeah, yeah, they say a 20 foot great white came into three feet of water. And now I'm on Discovery Channel. And he his <laughs> ass <laughs> out. Jason's gone. We don't know where he is. He is
2: gone. We, just, we see a bunch of red out there. Next week's podcast, we're going to start off. We didn't really do any more silence for Jason. Uh, <laughs> we talked about, he, talk, he loved y'all so much, talked about his fear over and over again. And you know what? That's the thing that got him. That's what got that him. That's so, what got him. fear became him. <laughs>
0: you know, I, I I don't know if I want to survive it because I watch these things on Discovery Channel. And, um, you know, they all talk about. You know, it was just enormous, and I just fought for my life. And then I'm swimming back, and, and I got one leg, mm-hmm. and I'm swimming back, and blood's trailing me, and I'm just trying to get to the beach. I'm thinking, you know what? That moment from I got loose, and I'm trying to swim back to the beach, I just, I don't know if I'd be like, you know what? I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not
1: going to struggle. You know, that's the scariest part of the whole deal to me. You know, you hear some stories about people get attacked by sharks, and they're like, I punched the shark in the nose. they like, yeah. What I the, help, the, the hell going through your mind when you're punching a shark in the nose? Well, you know, that's what people tell you. you got to hit them right in the nose, but I'm thinking, there's no way. It would be like
0: hitting that truck out there. What? You're not going to see it coming for one. No, and they're going to hit you, especially if it's a great white, because yeah. they're ambush attackers. They're yeah. going to hit you so hard. They all say it felt like
2: a truck hit me. Mm-hmm. Jeez, And then it's basically you're just sitting there in a great white shark's mouth waiting for it to let you go. Yeah, wait for That's it to figure out this is. What I want. Yeah, just, you can basically just sit there and go, Maybe it lets me go, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, maybe exactly. Hey, you hope
0: that, that it's lost interest at some point. But I mean, man, the power, the power that those and even just a, a you know, like a bull sharks, you know, typical bull shark's gonna be five to nine feet. Yeah. The power in that animal. It's just amazing. You know, they they lead. They're the number one sharks as far as attacks because they um there's some type of a some type of a gland that they have or something that uh, makes them more aggressive. And sometimes they'll keep coming back at you. Um, so that would be your look. That's the one that's gonna get you. You're talking
2: about sharks. I'd punch him in the nose and he'd be like uh uh-uh. yeah. and then that, yeah. that, 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 that's going to go alright you just did it I was going to leave you alone but you yeah. punched you in the face <laughs> that
1: would be my best they would bite my leg off and I'd make it right to shore and I'd be getting out of the
2: water Not sure shark would just bam got you got you come on back come, on back. come like, on back like Jason was saying say you you get attacked and then your one leg is just gone and you get to shore you fight <sighs> shove your way back in and then you bleed out on the way to the hospital Right. you're like so right. I just literally spent everything i had for that fight or flight to swim back to shore to bleed to death just to bleed to death right there. well
0: and they, you know they interview these people and a lot of times they're in australia and they're like well you know i was out on my surfboard and then they get hit that's a spot on impression of australian yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do a good
2: i, I do a good australian if you have any australian listeners are going to really be right yeah, well um, I well Australia. i that as a tribute I, 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 I watch. A, I watch a lot of
1: shit on YouTube. I'll scroll through and watch. Yeah, no it. No doubt. You get bored. I was watching this news interview. This Australian. And he's like, "Yeah, this mate ran into our building and he tried to run off. So I run out and my skibbies chasing him down the road. <laughs> running out, You're not going anywhere. And I'm like, you run out in your underwear down the street chasing a guy that just ran his car into your building.
0: I mean, you know, I'm thinking there's got to be a reason he ran the car in here. Maybe he's not someone I want to deal with. Right. right.
1: It is hilarious. You this guy's like, I ran out naked, chasing
2: the guy that just cranky mate. Right. Oh, okay, <laughs> a, sounds like sounds like another day in Simpson to me. You <laughs> the empire. Yeah. You know, they ran
0: out there underwear too. See that's the kind of stuff and they that, kept going. They
2: didn't stop. That's the stuff that brings us all together. Is the, that humanity right there? To hear him, you just said that. I thought that could happen. Right, I yeah,
0: right now, brother, a I down the road. Yeah. I assure you, it may be happening as we speak. I can
2: build a neighborhood watch page when we leave here. <laughs> I mean, I'd be on look out for this guy. He ran his car. Yeah,
0: man, when the neighborhood watch collapsed, crime skyrocketed. Well, you, were, you were the head of the neighborhood watch for a second, wouldn't you? I was, what? man. man I, was, I was putting that? a stop to all of it. You know, I know you would. I was. Uh, <laughs> you know, we were trying, but it got going there, but then um, they'd. Uh, uh, that that sheriff's sign up to let someone else have a try at it for a while.
2: That's now a, there is no. I mean, it. Looking back it seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice to use. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you built this thing up. Now I'm with somebody else to do it for a while. And <laughs> just remind
1: me it. something you revitalize. Uh
0: yeah, you know the thing about it now, with everything else I'm involved with, this podcast, you know, we we're, we're we are nationwide folks. We got people listening as far away as Bangor, Maine. I don't know anybody in Bangor, Maine, but they're Neither listening. They I mean, and we appreciate it, brother. S, it's just taking up so much of my time to deal with the fan mail that uh, my my wife would just tell me straight up, so listen. You know, I'd like for you to be home on a Thursday night. Every now and then, I would say, "Well, you know," she said, "Listen, it's Podcaster Neighborhood Watch. Yeah. It's not going to be a hard choice because." At this podcast, man, it's. Well, look, it's, it's when, I walk,
2: when I walked in, your wife was already on your case. She had just bags and bags of the fan mail. Jason, you got to handle this. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my world.
0: Esh, Esh keeps asking me, man, have you heard from anybody about the podcast? <laughs> you know, I get, these, I get these letters and they're like, hey, um, Esh is doing great. Who's that other guy? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, hey, where's Motorbeam's son? Okay. And, and, I, and, I, and he's like, "We can't."
2: I'm like, "No, man, we ain't got nothing." Look, but on the on the, got look, man, on, don't the worry on the website, and the Facebook page, you can't put your home address on it, right? You let them send it to. Yeah, as you, you can't, you can't put your home address on man. Right? No, i tell you that. No, you didn't. What's going to happen when these crazy people start showing up here? They already are. One, they're going to say like I always do when I come to your house. I go. This guy basically runs a landscaping business, but does not have landscape around his house? <laughs> right. It's always been an issue. <laughs> you know, I didn't think about that. I, I didn't even notice Do I
0: bring it up every time over here or not? Okay. Hey, you every time I tell you every time the shoemakers' kids go shoeless. Right. You know. I, basically the only people that come to see me besides you guys are former
2: inmates and fans of this show. The oh, Lord. And they're and sometimes it does the same. And sometimes they're one and the same. <laughs> like guys that just want to just be around you guys, even though they've they're not incarcerated anymore. They go, hey, it's perfect for them. Here we come. They go. It's like I can hang out with these guys an hour and a half, two hours a week. Exactly. And and, and touch celebrity. Mm.
0: Just they say, if hey, we could just if we can just be near you, you know, things might uh, brighten
2: up for us. Well, I've I've often thought that about you. You know. <laughs> I thought about a time ago if I can just be around Jason. <laughs> hey, have you ever brought me up? Tell me about your dating life. Have you been dating anybody? Cause I know you're a single, man. No, not really. Uh, Are you? Not what I'd call uh, <laughs> <laughs> I call dating. Um know, a touchy touchy subject, so Jason? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just to put it on the airwaves like that, you kind of put me on the spot there. Not, no, I'm not seeing. Well, this really. might help you in your dating life. I mean. Well, it very, very well could. you um, you got to be one of the most
0: eligible bachelors of Walker County. In fact, if they were to do a, a, a Walker County bachelor, you would be one of the main guys. I'm just not sure that's true, though. I mean, you guys know me. Well, right? yeah. Well, and, and therefore, our, our our opinions should be somewhat validated. Yeah, but, I mean,
2: I, you guys know I'm hard to deal with. Well, yeah, no um, doubt. It's no um, doubt you're hard to deal with. You know? I get it. It makes sense. I mean, I'm not like you guys. You guys are able to hold it down, steady relationships, you know. i happily married. Response responsibility, you know, suits you guys. Me, on the other hand, sometimes I like to, you know, try to try, try to slide out of responsibilities from time to time. I have been known to do that. Yeah, I, yes, yes. Sometimes you've inspired me to slide out of responsibility. Yeah, no, I apologize for that. <laughs> I've had to apologize, you know, a, a few times here. You're a well. You're a free spirit. It's just the way I was made, you know. I just I can't I can't really do anything about it. Your free spirit. I'm not gonna change. You know, I made it this far, so.
1: Well, you gotta stay true to yourself. I mean, even me, even though I'm happily married and have six kids, I still have moments where I uh, make mistakes, and we all make mistakes. But it's what we learn from our mistakes and move forward.
2: You know that what really defines us. I don't know if I'm. A, I don't know if I learn things from mistakes. I think I just burrow through. You just keep making the same with mistakes. My, with my head down. I, sometimes I do just keep making the same mistakes. Uh, mistakes, especially when it comes to dating. Are you rolling the dice thinking, well, you know what? I think this time the odds should be in my favor. Well, I think I just, I'm just always rolling the dice just to roll the dice, I think. <laughs> I enjoy the thrill of that. You know, they always say that what makes the gambling addicts the biggest high is not, you know, when they get that big win, it's when they're taking that money away. That's the thrill of just losing, having it off on that, being on that razor's edge of winning or losing. I think that's where I sit at most of the time. I think so. I think, yeah, I think, I would, if, if, if I was, to, if someone was to ask
0: me, hey, man, describe Josh Hardness to me. I'd say, let me tell you, no. Razor's Edge. That's what that man absolutely. absolutely. I, every now and then, I'll go and, and I'll look at the Razor's Edge from afar just to see what it looks like. No, but you don't I'm want to like, get too close, though. I, I don't want to get too close. You know, at this point in my life, no. I, I, like, I like Peace in the Valley. But you, on the other hand, you're like, Man, you can have the valley. I'm going to take the razor's edge. I want to
1: stand on that razor's edge. Eventually, yeah. you're going to have a female that comes across to you, though, that's not going to be
2: scared of that. Well, you know, I thought the, I, I thought I had one or two in my life, and it's really just not turned out that way, guys. Well, you have one. You have one that's um, – she's on the razor's edge. You <laughs> can do it. Uh, she, some would say she's more on the razor's edge than I am, you know. Um, <laughs> she's really living uh, – <laughs> She's living La vida Locum. Well, yeah, you know what? You're right about that. Um well, we all gotta make a living somehow. Well you do. And look, I look like I've told people, I don't you know, I don't blame you. Uh, it's it's a lot of work for a reason, right? You're gonna make your living and you gotta support yourself somehow. I don't I don't have a problem with it. It's really it's none of my business, right? Um Everybody that's listening right now has no idea what we're talking about. We're kind of playing some kind of cruel inside joke on them now. <laughs> I don't like know how I feel about that. Well, we'll keep we'll keep names out of it. We'll keep it that way. But uh, we're, we're going we're going
1: yeah. We'll just leave it at that.
2: <laughs> well, look, they call it the oldest profession for a reason. So there's a reason that it's hung around this long. Well, now with technology, though, people can do all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you got folks
0: who. Um, I mean it's just amazing you know what if they're willing to do this or that on uh, on on and put it out there for public consumption yeah. and ma- they're making money it's a, you know it's just
2: uh, it's well, unreal. Know, and I think for me it's a lot safer than it used to be you know it used to be these these women are out here walking the streets you know at all times and not getting picked up by strangers to you know to go service them I guess for lack of a better word and making money that way not telling how many of them killed hurt there was no way to really regulate it so you know technology now gives them a way where they can do that from the privacy of their own home really and they get to control you know what's saw what's not saw and the ball's really in their court and that's it's really that way with a lot of things i think nowadays you know last week y'all hit about the you know the advancement in technology as far as podcasting goes i mean this is something that people make big money doing absolutely and you can do it at your house. I read that Joe Rogan makes $30,000 an episode. Well, I mean, I, I listen to Joe Rogan, you know, every time he has a podcast come out. He usually, you know, cranks out three or four a week. And he said he makes more money doing podcasting than he ever made doing stand up television. I mean, I like his because the guests are so varied and he, he brings people in. I mean, he brought in Bernie Sanders. They'll bring in comedians that are vulgar. I mean, he's talking about to everybody—doctors, lawyers, you know, nutritionists. He talks to really everybody. That's what I find
0: interesting about it. And I usually walk away feeling like I've learned something yeah. or I'm better for listening. Absolutely. I never, I never listen thinking, you know, what I just wasted my time. And it's real. It's very real yeah. talk. It's, it's, you know, they're just having a discussion. No one's—they're not getting into these big arguments like you see on the, you know, on a lot of the political shows. Mm-hmm. You know people get enough of that it's just real conversation and uh, you know they may agree they may
1: disagree and it's so easy to access i mean you're talking about to oh, a button and you touch get it. any but i mean well, speaking on podcasts i mean i listen to podcasts i'm assuming y'all do what kind of podcast y'all listen to
2: i listen to joe rogan yeah I listen to joe rogan um phil bond's a big one that i like he's he's a, a guy from the comedian world out of louisiana uh i like his comedy but his podcast kind of gets a different edge to it as far as he's not trying to really joke around he's got several different formats he does he has guests but he also does just the one just him mm-hmm. uh and really gets into his anxiety and you know how he grew up rough the depression he fights you know really just talking about what it's like to be you know a man in today's world and the show that come along with that and i really appreciate that because right. oftentimes you don't really talk about that especially you know got a guy with a you don't sit down with somebody and say, Hey man, this is what I'm really going through. Right. I well, mean people need to hear that. Yeah. And especially young people that are growing up thinking, you know, the world my world's over basically because this happened and you you want to tell these guys. Yeah, that could save somebody's life. You got yeah. kids, you know, even in elementary school committing suicide
1: nowadays because they're just they feel like their life has no meaning and listening to somebody like that could save somebody's life. It really could. Jordan Peterson's one that I like. He's
0: a, he's a psychologist mm-hmm. and he's a professor, but he breaks things down and he's so intense. Yeah. In, in what he's saying, I, I, he's a and and you know to me presentation and and how you um, how you how you present something to folks it, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, and the way he does it, it's just you know one of his tenets is hey life is suffering. You wake up. It is suffering. That's life. Every day, there is suffering. But you can, you can do the right thing. You can figure out how to live a life to where it's not hell, And possibly do some good things, too. And I just, I love the way it breaks it down.
2: Well, and I also like, it goes back to what you just said, with everybody kind of getting tired of the back and forth, the arguments. I don't want to hear your side. You don't have to hear my side. We'll just yell at each other instead of having a conversation. Jordan Peterson doesn't do that. He's right. not going to get into any of these screaming matches with you. Right. He's not going to belittle you. He's not going to insult you. If you do that to him, he's going to say, "Hey, that's out of bounds. We don't do that." Well, he'll listen to someone. He'll hear him out, yeah. and he'll you know he'll be polite. Well, he wants to that. That, well. That's a good
0: point. Yeah. You know, let me tell you this, and you know, you walk away saying, "You know what? That guy just totally proved that I was wrong in what I thought, but he made me see a different direction."
2: Well, even if you don't walk away from it like that, if you go into it with the right mindset. And you're really going to be open to what he's saying. You don't have to agree with it, mm-hmm. but you're going to get his points. You know, you can walk with That's for me. That's the greatest thing about podcasts is you can listen to something. even if it's on the other side of your views, right. completely opposite. If you open your mind up, you can listen to it, really take it in. And whether you agree with it or not, you can see where they're coming from. And I like that. It gives you, a, especially when you're talking about celebrities, it gives you another way to really see what that person's about. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan, you would just think meathead. You know, fighter, big guy, mm. comedian. That's what he does. He's a celebrity, but on his podcast, he basically lets you into his life. I mean, he's telling you about his kids. He's telling you about everything he's got going on, and that's yeah. the aspect that I really like. Oh yeah, absolutely. I agree totally. You know,
0: you, you can relate a little bit. You know, it helps me to understand where someone else has struggled. Yeah. And how they how they push through because then you can apply that. You know, you know what? I'm not the only one that struggles, and I can make it. Um, you know, and I'm I'm kind of a nerd. So I listen to some other podcasts. There's one called Earth Ancients that I listen to that basically just deals with ancient history and ancient civilizations and things like that. You know, it, it's fascinating to me. Um, you know, I'm one of those guys who I don't I don't go
2: with the whole ancient aliens thing. I just I don't go with that. You know, what I, I was about to ask, uh, have you seen this TV show, you know, Action in the rapper? Yes, I, I, I love Action Eddie, Bronson, Eddie, I, and he, he's watching Action Aliens. Yeah, they get high. Like, he, oh, he is. Just watch Ace. He is it.
0: so high. The whole group is high, and I just sit there, man, and I laugh. I do too, man. I've laughed more at Action Bronson than any show I've seen in a long time. You know, and it's harmless. It's mm-hmm. totally harmless and totally pointless. But no, I, you know, I, I think stuff like that's like that's fascinating and trying to understand. Hey, how did we get to where we're at right now? You know, what does the past teach us? What really
2: happened? Uh, you know, the, the, I just think it's fascinating. Well, yeah, you've always been a ruby cat like that, Jason. You've always kind of been—you've you've always danced to the beat of that drum right there. I always liked that about you. Well, I appreciate. I listened to a podcast called Small Town Murder.
1: Mm. that's they a take, popular one. They take murders that happened in small towns, and uh, and they tell you tell you about these murders and these stupid things these people have done in in. To commit these murders, it's hilarious. They even did well on Jasper, yeah. They did, they did they do Carrie Lawson or was no, it, it the other? it the was other, a, other girl, Sh- a Shannon. No, no, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember the girl's name, I, I don't remember. It was a female murder, yeah. And some of these things are hilarious. These guys are, are it's part comedy, right? These guys are comedians, they're doing a podcast about murder, and they also do one called Crime and Sport, and they're, they're hilarious. They'll go through these and it's just, it's comical. But you're also getting a lot of information. This guy, that's what they do for a living now, I'm assuming. His podcast. I mean, it's one of the top podcasts. Wow.
2: Now, is that the one that's going to, that features the War of stuff? Uh, it's the I, one that's done still, uh,
1: Shonda Johnson. She did Shonda Sha- 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 Johnson. They did one on Shonda Johnson. Got the death penalty.
2: Yeah. And so There's one that's coming out. It's always, I see it on Facebook all yeah, so the time. Yes, they're, they're uh, looking at that's you know, a different Eric one, Cates. Eric Cates', yeah, Cates, Cates, Cates Look sure, at this or, case. And God bless them if they can you know, be of like, any help. I'm like you, Ish. I find that stuff fascinating. It I'm is. a true crime guy. Yeah. I like, you know, kind of the whodunit thing.
0: I, you know, my wife loves to watch true crime stuff, but after some of the stuff we've seen over the years, I really have a hard time listening to it because I'm like, you know what? I've seen all the true crime I want. I want to get out. Of, I want to get out of reality for a while. Um, there, there's this great radio show, and and they do podcasting a little bit now. They broadcast some of their stuff on podcast called Coast to Coast. And, man, they cover anything and everything. Well, kind of
2: like Joe Rogan. It comes on late at night. And and late
0: at night. Late, late at night. At night George Dory And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of paranormal stuff. They may be talking about Bigfoot, Area 51, the Kennedy assassination, you know, things like that. And you know, a lot of nights I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm not listening to this. But it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that you can sit back, get out of reality for a while,
2: and listen to something. You know. If that, you like that, you normal. need to look up uh, Sam Tripoli and Eddie Bravo. You know, Joe Rogan has them on all the time. Mm-hmm. Eddie Bravo was a a Brazilian jujitsu artist and then Sam Chip was just a comedian. They got the Ten Full Hat podcast. Really? Nothing but conspiracy theories. Wow. Well, oh, We've been trying to bring in uh Trucker Terry. We're to gonna hear. do
1: some conspiracy
2: theories, but well, you know We, we can't see we get him in here. Trucker, Trucker Terry will definitely break you off some conspiracy <laughs> theories. We're gonna we're
0: gonna yeah, another shout out to Trucker Terry. Wherever you are, we need you. The public needs you, they need to hear what you have to say. Um We if, know you're listening. We know he's listening. We know he's listening. Um, we got to have him.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think I think Trucker Terry is going to be able to give you guys like a totally different feel as far as the conspiracy theories. You know, where to get a good steak. I mean, that's a staple of Trucker Terry. Mm-hmm. And the man loves a good steak. Absolutely. Uh, when it, uh, it, there are two
0: things in life you know about Trucker Terry. Steaks and conspiracy theories.
2: No, but you just basically summed them up to me. I mean, that's the Terry level. <laughs>
1: Well, guys, uh, where do y'all think? You know, this this came to mind of the other day. Country music.
0: I don't. I don't think there. You know, right now the real to me and uh, I, uh, uh, the real country music out there is not what's being played on the radio.
2: You're exactly right. You know, yeah, I just I mean, can't listen to country radio. Man, the new stuff is not country. I haven't radio. been able to listen to country radio, and I can't tell you how long. It's just pop. It's just mean, country. But ball. I was. I I grew up listen to music that was well before my time you know paul garrett uh their dad, which is Royce sanderson which is my uncle's eye. i mean they kind of cut my teeth on what i consider real country music which was stuff that was that was on you know cassettes and stuff back in the day before i was even born you know keith whitley and merle haggard stuff like that so that's really what i look at when, I, when if you if you ask me what good music is i'm gonna point to that every single y'all time. might find this odd but my favorite country artist is hank williams
1: I'm not talking about Hank Jr. I love Hank Jr., but I love Hank Sr. You know, I'm going to comment on that because I, Hank, he, as far as that, that
0: older generation, um, he was one of my favorites, too. And, and there's just something. He's just he's the spirit of country music, I believe. And of course, you know, uh, if you know his story, you know how it was cut short. But, um, but it was something special. I think they were, he was really something special and, and being around my grandfather a lot growing up and he played guitar and he would sing, um, you know, he would go, he would talk about Roy Acuff mm-hmm. and, and Jimmy Rogers and those guys and he would sing their songs and um, being around that and the, some of the old time churches I grew up in hearing some of that singing, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I just absolutely, I, I can, it, it, you know, it, you can play Ernest Tubbs or you can play Waylon Jennings. And either way, I'm going to
2: be happy. Right. Well, you know, Hank Williams had that, that thing that I would always describe as haunting. His voice was so haunting. He's like the ghost of country music. Because, because no matter what, I mean, even when he's singing any, any of his upbeat songs, it still had that feel to it that you could always feel there was something going on. And, you know, Keith Whitley was just like that as well. Both of their careers were cut short. Yeah, you know, due to due to the demons and whatnot, but you could feel it when they sang. He, he felt, it had the feel of someone who
0: wants to do better. Yeah, but it, it's almost like despair.
2: Yeah, but you know, you're stuck in the in that battle that they both ended up losing, you know, ultimately. But man, the legacy that they left behind, just both of them being so young, is oh. just amazing. Do you think any of these new country guys are really feeling it when they're talking about these big trucks and I'm gonna sit around a bonfire and get me a Bud Light? Yeah, yeah, we're going down the yeah. old gravel roads, and they, they,
0: think, they think it makes them an outlaw to have a tattoo and shoot a shotgun and say, look at me, I'm an outlaw, and I've got an earring to boot. And, you know, I went down the, the gravel road with my girl, yeah. and we got naked around a, uh, a bonfire and drank beer, and ooh-wee,
2: I'm real country. And then, hey, uh, a lot of them are driving trucks their dad's bought for well, them. And then my, my, country, <laughs> my country music label that's getting all of my money because... Just like in the, in a lot of aspects of the world, you know, people don't understand. They think that all you need is the talent, which is true. You got to have the talent, but you also need to be smart about what you're doing. You're signing these deals to where basically you're making no money. You're going to be touring, you know, eight months out of the year, you know, getting paid pennies, and then you got this record label that comes in and goes, "All right, here's your, here's what you're going to wear. This is what we want you to wear. What's wrong with what I got on? Well, we got to have you in these tight jeans. We got to have." You know, nice boots. We need you to be wearing the cowboy hat, even when it's not them. It's overproduced. Yeah, one hundred. It is well, totally prefabricated. The music now is not from the
1: heart. When you had, when you had a uh, Hank Williams and Merle and all them, their music came from the heart. They had a purpose behind their music.
2: Well, it's because they wrote it, right? You know, today no one's writing their own music. now. so you're not. Very, very few artists are writing their own. Yeah, music. you're not. You're not feeling it. Exactly. You know, if if you don't write it. You you just you're basically you're going to these big meetings to where people at your label are just throwing songs out, saying, "What about this one for you?" And you go, "Oh, I like that one," right. but you don't feel it. Right. You know, even us, I can listen to a song and it can resonate with me so strongly, but it still would it resonate strongly if I would have been the one to put the pen to the paper and yes. you know write that. Yes, but I mean, there's some catchy songs coming out now, but I mean,
1: nothing that really. Resonates with
2: you. Well, look, they're they're trying to sell it to a total different demographic than where we're at. Well, that's, a, that's like, the thing. It's about the money because they know right. typically it is females 16, from 16 to, to thirty two. You know, they're going to buy the music. You go. I I've never been to a concert of let's just pick one the top a Luke Bryan concert, but I've got a guess that if when he comes to Birmingham, you go to the BJCC Arena, you're probably looking at. Eighty-five percent females in that demographic, and then the rest of the tickets are bought by you know their men that are just tagging along with them to make yeah, their rougher habits. So, well, I, a lot of country music
0: um, comes from poverty, comes from struggling, and that that comes through in the music, and people relate to that. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's very blue, a lot of it's bluesy, you know, and it's got a lot of roots in the blues. You know, a lot of um, a lot of the the, the the black community, their their music, the blues music, um, a lot of country artists learn from them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go back and, and you read the history, and understand, and it comes through in that music, and it's just it's real. And I think people know when something's authentic and real, and when it's created in, in a lab.
2: Well, you know, how are you going to really resonate with, say, a guy that's you know twenty five? You know, he's working a dead-end job. You know, he's got a kid. You know, he's really struggling, having a hard time keeping the bills paid. He's going to work every day. What resonates with him when you get on there singing about, man, uh, once once it comes Friday, I'm going to get in my truck, and me and my girl are going to go down, and we're going to do all this. He's not feeling that. He doesn't even have a truck. He doesn't even have a truck
0: because he can't afford one. But, know, but I, I mean, mean, he feels it when. And if he does, it's an '84 Dodge, you know, <laughs> beat up and rolled. And... Exactly, it's like Machaski's It doesn't have a grill, right? You know, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's just hoping that they can keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to drive by the house, and there's not going to be candles in the windows. Right.
2: Which a lot of music is like that. You know, the hip hop scene has completely changed from back to where, you know, when the NWA was was hot and they were coming out. I mean, that would have been your time. That was my, I, yeah,
0: had, was I that? had, I had had their straight out of Compton and we literally played it till it was worn out. And the thing about it, and this is, I think this is a, really goes to show how good they were. And, and I, I there again, I think people appreciate what is authentic mm-hmm. and real. They were singing about their life growing up in Compton, California and what they were seeing every day. Mm-hmm. And they were raging, you know, raging against what they perceived as, as, as the problems and, you know, you hear that and you think, well, there's no way some white kids from Alabama are going to listen. But no, you know when you're hearing authentic truth. And so it, it's like, wow, yeah. Because well,
2: yeah. well, you were also at that time, it hit you in the perfect spot to where you were coming into your own. I was, And you were raging yourself. I was exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. And that's you, you got a lot of guys who are my age and that age group
0: who heard that were like, yeah. yeah. You know, because when you're at that age, when you're 17, 18, 19. You, yeah, you're, you're, you're anti-establishment, you're anti-authority, you're, you know, you're, you're, just you know like talk, you're, rage, you're coming into your own. We talked a little bit about that last week. Yeah. little bit
1: being shitheads as kids. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I look at it now, and it, I think every generation does this, but, you know, you know, you and I have talked about it. We would go out, and we would go be gone all day. There were no cell phones. There were none of that. There was none of this thing where you tracked where you were driving. Mm-hmm. And, um now you know. think there's a lot of a lot of technology has made things a lot safer but at the same time
2: um you don't hear about that people are
0: afraid to heck i think i'd be afraid to let my
2: kids go well, i was about to say you know technology has done so much and like you just said theoretically it would make it safer yep. but i can't tell you anybody who's a parent that has kids that will just let their kid go outside and just be gone you know, and just, if you want to walk down to the neighbor's house, no, I'll just take you down there. Yeah, I can't I, do that no more. No, I, I, They got on their bikes and went up the road. That's all I know. You know, no. It's just, and
0: I, I think part of that has to do with the fact, there again, we keep going back to technology. We see more now. Mm-hmm. We hear because evil's always been here. Yep. We've always had bad things and
1: bad people, but now we see it. Yep. We see so much more. You're basically forced it. Uh, you're by you're by forced it. Mean, absolutely. Forced well, i was the kid. Me and my cousins, we go out and ride our bikes. We'd be all over the community. You can't do that yeah. now. No. Oh, no, no. 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 Well, there are more vehicles on the
0: road. Everybody, you know, now they turn 16, they got a vehicle. And uh, so that that's changed because when I was, when I turned 16, You were lucky to get something. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when uh, a girl that went to high school with me got a used Trans Am. We thought that was some real stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, now you go out to um, Jasper
2: High School, man, it looks like you're at Mountain Brook.
0: It's unreal.
2: And it's like you don't want to – there's a a weird thing that happens there is that we just said you – got these parents that don't want to let their kids go outside – And you know, walk down to the neighbor's house like we used to. But boy, you get that driver's license and you get a vehicle and you go, there you go. Yeah. You know, you'll go where you, go where you want to in this death trap, basically yeah you know if you're <laughs> that you're not you know, that you're not mentally you, prepared if you're, if you're to really steer Your right. young brain you
1: don't understand the concept has it has no yet. idea yeah.
2: what you're doing and you're no. driving down the road however you want to tasting
0: and driving at, at that age you still thank you for Rex coming you'll have time to lower the window and jump out <laughs> and dunk and roll and right. drive somehow. I'm gonna
1: dive out we'll be fine
0: yeah we'll be fine I mean
2: you really think you think you can do that kind of stuff because you, uh, when you're that age you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof no matter what
1: Absolutely. So nothing's going to true. No, true. true. But I've been guilty of that myself. Well, guys, we're running a little short on time today. Uh, had a lot of deep conversation, a lot of interesting conversation. Uh, you know, I just want to remind everybody keep a uh, investigator Corset and your you thoughts and prayers in his family. He had two daughters and a fiance. Uh, you never know when your life's going to get cut short. And when you when you're serving the community you work in, it's even harder. Because it affect it don't just affect your family it, it affects an extended family. Absolutely.
0: And uh, I I can't say it any better, Ish, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up again and pointing that out. Would like to thank Josh Hartness for being our first guest. You oh. were the first
2: guest. And like I two said, guys in mean, the podcast. A, Do you understand that? It, it was it was an honor, guys, and I really appreciate you guys inviting me on here. I've had a blast talking about some things. And anytime you guys want to have me back, if you want to have me back. Absolutely. We'd love to have you as a reoccurring guest. I think you're gonna be, uh, you're gonna be definitely
0: one of our great reoccurring guests. We love you, man. We're glad to have you. Just thank you for coming out and spending the time. Oh with man, us. thank
2: you guys, man. Love you guys. And uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Right. And
1: I want to thank our listeners we've had from episode one, like we mentioned earlier, we've had listeners from Bangor, Maine. We've had listeners from Tennessee, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, uh, Georgia, and I mean our home state of Alabama, of course, we've seen the most support, but we want to thank everybody. This is a new venture for us, and we're enjoying it. And we're hoping y'all enjoy the content we're giving you.
0: If you have any suggestions, any comments, you know, criticism, constructive criticism, or just hey, I enjoyed it, whatever, you know, let us know on our Facebook page. Messages. We, we'd love to hear from you. Any, you know, love to hear anything you have because we're doing. We, you know, we want want you guys to enjoy this and feel like that you got something out of it.
1: All right, we'll see y'all next week.